I was like, wait a second. Wait a second. How when you guys good doing? Looking. When you're good looking like you, you got to at least throw some rocks at you. Thank you. I listened to that Jason Hopper podcast. You want me to take my shirt off? <laughs> please, please we'll get some more viewers. Yeah, right. Uh, I, before we start, let me just come out hot here and say, you know, I bet you my boy Travis Mayer could also do a 350-pound hand clean and jerk. I don't you know. Better, we you have better to try it. That's the game. Off. You better yeah. showing off like that. <laughs> he could boot the clean, but can he jerk it? What in the hell possessed you to do that? That was insane. <laughs> Thank you. Any Olympic lifting is good for me. Crazy. <laughs> do you know? Do you know uh, my co-host and personal scapegoat um, for all my problems that have occurred <laughs> with my life on planet Earth? Uh, I didn't know Friend. all that. <laughs> Um, he messaged me on Instagram right after um, I qualified, and uh, I didn't like realize who it was because I had so many messages and stuff. And then uh, I like went back and like I went to his page, and I was like, "Wait a second! Like, I already talked to him." <laughs> awesome. Yeah, um, I have many many uh, known uh, responsibilities, but bearing the burden of Savan's shortcomings is was secret until now. <laughs> Well, I'm glad you felt it. You, you've experienced it. It's just never been titled. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine in high school, uh, I think it was our senior year, maybe it was our first year at City College. He he, he learned that term scapegoat, and he said it's a target for misplaced aggression. And uh, I was, and he's like, I'm basically the scapegoat in our group of friends. I was like, Oh yeah, you are. He's just that dude, you know, like. You're sitting around in the living room and someone throws a remote at him or a pillow. You know, he was just always that guy who got the shit. He's like, I'm yeah, right. I'm like, yep, yep. Uh, Zach, uh, before we go on, I, I, the reason why you had to text me and say, hey, are we doing this or not? And I was, because um, normally I send the link out 10 minutes before and it was five minutes before and I hadn't sent it out. It's because I was trapped in my head preparing a little monologue. So bear with me here while I... I love these. <laughs> Go off on my frustration. So uh, in, in a previous life, I made a movie called Our House. It's on YouTube now. It won 30 film festival awards, including winning the um, beating Spellbound, which won the Academy Award that year twice. We beat it twice when we ran across it in film festivals across the country. I received the award for best film from Forrest Whitaker and Selma Hayek at a film festival. And it was about disabled adults, and I worked in a home for mentally disabled adults for five years. And in that home, there were people with Williams syndrome, Down syndrome, alcohol fetal syndrome. They, there were like six people, and they lived there. And I lived there on the property with them for five years in my motorhome that I illegally parked on the driveway. And I made this movie about them called Our House. And one of the things um, – so basically we just helped take care of them. And uh, on a side note about the movie, when the movie came out, the state of California, um, the Department of Disabled Services, DDS, they basically tried to shut the house down saying the movie was a bad representation of mentally disabled adults. And the parents of those adults came to my defense and they said, hey, it may be a bad representation, but it's the truth. It is the truth. This is what it's like living in a disabled home. And so – uh, let that be a little – let that sink into everyone's brain about my character. This isn't the, my first rodeo. I was a young homeless man when I made that film just living on the driveway with disabled adults, taking care of them, wiping people's asses with pleasure and, 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 and doing the good work, cooking dinner for people, just loving on people who needed love. And um, one of the things that those – I remember saying to this girl one time who lived there. She was a woman, 
probably 35 years old. We were at the ATM and we were getting money out for her. And the ATM had run out of money. And I was like, oh, we have to wait for people to put more money in it. And she's like, what do you mean? And she couldn't grasp the idea that money came from somewhere else besides the ATM machine. She thought that like it just grew back there or something. I don't know what she thought, but I could not for 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 on my part I couldn't explain to her where money came from, but I knew that it, I knew that it wasn't grown behind the ATM machine, right? I knew it had to be printed somewhere else and brought there. And I wasn't any like economics major. I just I just knew. I just I felt like I knew. I was willing to bet, you know, like my hand on it that like hey, the money wasn't being made behind this Bank of America teller. Which takes me to my ne- next topic. People will say, and you guys can try to connect this all if you want, people will say that um, games athletes deserve more money and they think that like for some reason I think they should deserve it or they should not deserve it or they should get it or they should not get it. It doesn't matter. We're dealing in truth, people. And, and if you go outside of that metric, then you kind of lose me. Then when you're not dealing with truth, you're in your head and you're making shit up. If I throw an apple up in the air, I don't have a choice to say, well, that apple deserves to stay up in the air forever. It does not work that way that apple has the role and it has to come down that money does not appear from just behind the atm magically which brings me to my next thing it's just basic economics this guy's like hey you're saying games athletes shouldn't get paid more and they don't deserve to get paid more it's not up to me and i explained to this guy and i didn't even know this and this is what i was kind of researching before you came on zach and i apologize for sending you the link late but um, I said, I bet you the gate at Wimbledon, the gate, that's the ticket sales, are greater than the entire revenue of CrossFit Inc. And I was wrong. But Wimbledon, that event, makes $360 million a year. They give away $48,629,684.95 in prize money. I had to convert that from pounds for you guys. Um, the broadcast deal alone is 160 million. The ticket sales from the Super Bowl are 65 million. What is my point? You, you do not understand. And and, and I, I was I worked at CrossFit Inc. for 15 years. Sorry, Zach. None of this is directed at you. You don't deserve any of this. Um, I worked at CrossFit Inc. for 15 years, and I'm telling you that there's not five people on the planet who know more about CrossFit in its totality than me. And I am being extremely humble by saying five. So. Stop saying that – and I know there's different arguments, and, and maybe they're valid. Um, Matt said in our podcast that HQ was blocking the semifinals or the sanctionals or whatever they're called from giving more money than 5000 I don't know the details of that, but I'm just telling you, understand that money doesn't just appear out of nowhere. CrossFit Inc. has to make the money before they give it to you, and it doesn't matter what you deserve. Like That's just delusional talk. That's just like your emotional plea. Like I don't do the woke crowd shit. I don't do emotional plea. Okay. Peace and love. Zach, you are a beast. Were you scared shitless when you were in, put in the Mid-Atlantic Regional with those savages? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was reading through the name list when it got announced, and uh, I was like, man, it's just the list is ongoing and never stops. And then I started swiping through all the other ones, and I was like equally impressed with how many awesome people were at every semifinal. And uh I don't know. It just kept going. Like there were so many awesome people. I was just impressed with all of them, honestly. So you kind of lied to yourself and said that there were good dudes elsewhere to kind of make yourself feel better that you were stuck with. Not a lie. Jason yeah. Hopper, <laughs> Jason Hopper, Scott Panchik, Justin Medeiros, Travis Mayer. I mean, this is Ben Smith. This is the, yeah. I mean, you were thrown to the wolves. Yeah, it definitely was. 
Um, who else did I? I just saw another name I recognize, Marquand Jones. I mean, mm. these are just not CrossFitters. These are legitimate, bona fide. Travis Williams. Oh, you're lucky. He went home early, right? You skipped over Samuel Quant. Samuel Quant. Yeah, I mean, these are just these are these are uh, these are part human, part savages. These guys. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm Hopper's got God everyone. on his side. Hopper's got God on his side. You're, I mean, you're fucked. <laughs> Um, and you pulled it off. You took fifth place. Yeah, I tried to give it away in the fourth event, but held on. It is uh, is which uh, is that Inception? Yeah, the the running workout. Okay, let's start there. Let's talk about the worst. Let's worst, do it. Let's talk about the worst. I knew part. it was coming. Let's just get it over with. Because <laughs> <laughs> people will even DM me and be like, "Hey, should do you really deserve to go to the games if you get capped?" Brian, what is uh, and, and you got capped plus twenty four, whatever that means. Brian, what is Inception? And um, say the meanest shit you can say about Zach, so that from here we can build up and and love on him for the next hour. Inception's a, a three round workout that has varying um, rounds of the same work to accomplish, which in every round in some combination, you have to run 900 meters, do 18 ring muscle-ups, and do 36 wall balls with a heavy wall ball. And uh, watched actually all of the men's uh, heats from the past weekend recently for the Mid-Atlantic. And uh, I I think that Zach's just not at the up, up to par with the running relative to the rest of the guys. And uh, now he's made the games, but he also had the bit, the longest time between semifinal and games of any, any athlete could have qualifying in the first week. And running is one of those things that you can improve dramatically in a couple months if you focus on it. So hopefully he's been doing that because it's usually tested three to six times in various capacities over an entire weekend at the games. That's a beautiful shit sandwich you made him. <laughs> that was beautiful. <laughs> uh, Zach, what is your, do you have any um, adjustments you need to make to Brian's? analysis no uh i think that workout was uh also a little scary in a way that normally workouts as like the workout goes on like the reps get less but like it stayed the same volume all the way through um so i thought that was a an interesting take to that workout so you had to do 18 ring muscle-ups every round yeah yeah see i i didn't see i didn't see your um part i didn't see your particip- participation in that event but i would have just um, out of conventional wisdom, guessed it was at the ring muscle ups. Uh, no, actually, for me, like I love ring muscle ups, and I like wall balls, and heavy wall balls are normally good for me. Um, so the running, I'm notoriously not good at running. I mean, I did horrible at the triple three event at regionals. Um, I believe that was 2018. Um, I got like second to last in that workout on a true form runner. Um, but my main problem unfortunately is that I work full time. Um, so the time that I do have, um, outside of working is like, I would just like rush to the gym and do like gym focused workouts, like wads and skill stuff. And I, unfortunately running got put on the back burner with the limited time that I had. Uh, we'll, we'll circle back to that work thing. Cause that is fascinating. I heard you say even in one, I think it was an interview I saw or I saw it on your Instagram that you said you even just still take classes and, yeah. Yeah. So we'll, I started we'll, off. Go, go ahead. ahead. What? No, we'll come back say. to that. I have one more question about this workout. Okay. We'll come back to that. Okay. Hold on. Brian, it is, it is concerning because it's only 900 meters, right? Well, t- you know, every, each round is 900 meters. 
So it's a mile and a half for running or so. How would he have done what he've done? So he would have done significantly better if it was 200 meters. Maybe. I mean, it's hard to tell because, uh, yeah, the, the true form runner is kind of a strange implement. It's for me, it's easier to tell if someone's a good runner on a, when I actually see them run than on the true form. Cause on the true form, I mean, you can tell when someone's really bad, but sometimes people look like Jason Hopper actually doesn't look like he's running very well when he's on the true form, but he was running well relative to the other guys. So it's a little bit misleading at times. Do you have a running coach, Zach? Uh, I do, don't have a specific running coach, but uh, I work with uh, Coach L from Brute Strength, and they go with a lot of the Chris Henshaw stuff. Are Are you working on it? Like Brian said, is that like a, a pretty serious focus for you between now and the games? Yeah, definitely endurance focus. We do a lot of running, uh, a lot of ruck running, um, just kind of all various forms of running, mainly just outside right now. Do you see yourself getting better? Yeah, I like to think so. I think over the course of the past uh, like four to six weeks, um, working on all the endurance and all the running, I definitely feel that I am better at getting better at running. Um, I think just like single modality, like just running in general, isn't a strong suit, but I think when it's paired with other things, um, particularly not muscle-ups and wall walls, apparently, um, I do better. So, like, I was doing the um, the midline madness from the games, the running and yoke carry workout um, that they did that back at the StubHub Center, and uh, I was able to move through that one fine. I felt like I was even pushing the pace on the run and moving at a, at a decent pace for me. I don't know how it would reflect on at the games itself, but I felt solid in that. How old are you? I'm 25. And you've had the same girlfriend since you've been 16. Yeah, I have. Her name's Bailey. High school sweetheart. Yeah, you, you love the shit out of her. I do. You don't, even, I do. you don't even have an Instagram account. It's more like a shrine to her. Seven, just one, <laughs> one thing before we leave. Yeah, the, definitely. One thing before we leave the running, because I think is important, is the most, I think, I think. Wait, wait, what was the word you said that there? Important? Yeah. Say it again. Important? What? <laughs> all right, all right. Sounds like you're from Canada for a second. Oh, um, anyway, uh, go on. Don't let me distract that, you. Uh, One thing that you think that's important. Yeah. So he might he might work on the running, and maybe he won't do as well relative to the field and the running events as he wants. Maybe he will, but even if he doesn't, if as long as he doesn't isn't destroyed by those events, as long as the running doesn't make him feel so bad that he can't perform on his other events, then even still, I'd say the running training has paid off. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's this event you took first place in the eight mile oh it's uh, it's the complete opposite of the name it is a one rep max snatch <laughs> that's what i thought why do they call it the eight mile because you, I, the, the, honestly, no, no, the reason know. is i actually uh luke sp shared his thoughts his explanation for all these workout titles it's because of you get one shot one opportunity that line oh the right, in action so so you're strong like bull you could say that. Yeah. Wow. And is that a PR for you? Three ten? Uh, no, I hit three fifteen um, a couple years ago. Um, but having it that close to three ten in that in that setting, I'm, I'm extremely happy with. I was hoping for anything over three hundred, um, and we we stood around for ten fifteen minutes in the back, didn't touch a single barbell, and uh, had to just hit it basically cold. So um, luckily, started off at two eighty, hit that. Um, and that was more, um, nerve wracking than the 310 was. So, so why did you choose 310? Did you know that the other guys, were you 
kind of did you see all the strongest guys already go and hit 300 he wasn't in the no, final so heat? I wasn't, yeah it was oh. not yeah yeah it was not i saw i was standing in the back and i heard that like mark hutchinson had hit 300 um in the first heat and i was like i mean that's pretty heavy like i'm hoping i can get close to that and uh people in the back were kind of telling me what they were going to start at and they were all kind of saying like 275 with a goal of like high 200s and i was like well my goal is definitely higher than that so i guess i need to start higher than 275 um so i started at 280 that was like something that i could muster up in that moment so 280 then i jumped to 300 and uh i actually over pulled that which so i missed it um and but it was a confidence building um lift for me because i like pulled it too hard basically is how i think of it and it went behind me um so i looked at my coach and he was just he was excited about the overpool and stuff. And I, he was like, well, go up to like 305. And I was like, no, like I want 310. So I put on 310 and uh, hit that. So that was good. It could have been scary, but I hit it. So Yeah. So for, for people who like, for me, who don't snatch more than dumbbells, um, so it's not guaranteed if just because your PR is 15, 315 a 310 isn't guaranteed in a setting it's still scary as shit is what you're saying yeah for sure for sure and that and I mean, basically still so many guys basically that one lift ahead, is what sent him to the games uh when you look like if he missed it and he only had to record 280 since he missed his second one that cost him 36 points and he makes the game he made the games by 28 points yeah basically would have knocked him down into sixth place yeah then I would and, have to do the last chance qualifier. Oh, fun. that's fun. Um, then, well, at least then you would have made it on another one of our shows. That at least that's the bonus. We'd have talked mm. about you a little bit. Um, that would have been good. So, so when you get so when you get that, oh, so is your is is your snatch or your strength going to suffer because of all this running you're working on? Um, no, I don't think so. I think Olympic lifting is definitely my strong suit. I mean that. 350 um clean plus hang clean plus jerk was literally last weekend um and uh snatching is just like i have a lot of confidence in snatching um it's just a good thing for me so you're 25 years old and how long have you been dabbling in crossfit um i started uh crossfit in 2014 after i graduated uh from high school um my mom had jumped into crossfit um and kind of pulled all of us in slowly and uh i started i played one semester of college football at a local d3 college here in cincinnati and uh, i just wasn't into it i was just a hitting dummy on the sidelines and i'm just like sitting there thinking of like what was what was going on at crossfit and uh, i didn't have a major that i was interested in um, at that school so i was actually reading the rich froning book when that first came out and he was like talking about how he majored in exercise science and i was like well that's a cool thing like i'm i have my l1 I'm interested in CrossFit, like exercise science got to be up that, up that road somewhere. So I saw the, another college in Cincinnati, it's called Northern Kentucky University, um, had it. So I basically transferred over there and went CrossFit as much as I possibly could. And, and you, you had, you met your girlfriend in high school though. Yeah. Who's now your wife. Yes. And what, tell me her name again. Emma. Her name is Bailey. 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 Yeah. So, so you meet her in high school. And you you went to the prom with her, yeah, multiple yeah. proms. Crazy, great memories. <laughs> you're some, part, part, I can't tell if you're a smart guy by like knowing her for so long before you got married, 
or if you're not a smart guy for getting married so young. But we'll get to the bottom of that by the end of this uh, interview. No, she's do, you awesome. kid, you, do you have kids? No, I didn't. We have we have two dogs and a cat. Oh, that's so smart. Those, are, those, those are yeah, our kids. Yeah, those are kind of the precursor to uh, to kids. That's good. Yeah, right. So when you go away to college, how far is your college from your home? Not far at all. It's like 20 minutes from my parents' home. And uh, she went to the same college, too. Oh, so when she found out you were going there, she decided to go there, too? Yeah, she followed me. No, I don't, I don't think that went into it. She was kind of already planning on going there in general. It's a closed college. There's, there's not much around this area. And you, lived, and you lived there on campus or around campus? No, I lived at home. Just trying to save some okay. money. You made the commute. Wow, that's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. You have a girlfriend in high school and you keep her all through college. That's 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 really yeah. cool. She's awesome. She's my best friend. Yeah, more than that, man. Your yeah. Instagram, <laughs> it, she, it's cool. And then and then I go to her Instagram and there's even more pictures of you than you have of her on yours. It's pretty. It's pretty amazing. It's cool. Yeah. So, um, so why did your mom get into CrossFit? Um, so she was. I just lost the camera. I don't know where it went. I lost you. Hold on. We can see you. Oh, you can? Yeah. I don't know where it went. Hello? Take your time. There's no rush. There we go. People who people who listen to this is. podcast are probably like on an assault bike or something. <laughs> um, so actually, my mom was into like triathlons, and she did a couple of half Ironman, um, and she just kind of was always training and working out. My dad was a power lifter for a long time, so kind of working out has always been a thing in our family. And uh, actually, my wife's mom was into CrossFit, and that's kind of how we knew about it. Um, but my mom was the first one to actually, from our family, like pull everyone into it. And uh, she always just would jump around from different things, whether it be triathlons or just pure running or just like boot camps and stuff like that. And uh, she had a friend invite her to a CrossFit class. And uh, I, literally, she took advantage of the free Saturday morning classes for like a year. And uh, through that time, she just kind of pulled my whole family in. So we had a whole family, uh, whole family going to the gym and everything. What was the name of the gym? Uh, the old gym that I used to go to was called Fort Wright, um, and it was in Northern Kentucky. Yeah. And the new one, the one you currently attend? It's called CrossFit Conjugate. And so that's that's fascinating. So Emily's mom did CrossFit, which Bailey's kind of mom. like ba- sorry, ba- Bailey's mom. I was like all proud because I was using her name. (laughs) Bailey's mom was um, doing CrossFit and that's how your mom found out about it. And then your mom started doing it and then you started doing it. And did your, did your powerlifting dad be like, Hey, this is bullshit. Uh, No, he was into it. He liked it. He still um, was always into the the bench press and stuff and still benches to this day and stuff. So that's definitely his like favorite thing to do, but he was all for it. He liked, he just likes working out. He didn't jump on the it's dangerous rhetoric or this is nonsense or you can't kip pull-ups or he didn't do any <laughs> no. of that old No, he shit. was never into that. All right. Damn. Before I joined, though, I kind of thought I, I knew nothing about CrossFit at all. And I was like, why are they resting? Like I was watching like Rich Froning do a games workout and he was like almost done and he like stopped the rest. And I was like, why is he resting? Like he's almost done. Just keep going and all that stuff. But just eat those words every day now. <laughs> Right. Did you figure out why he was resting? Yeah, a lot of times. <laughs> so what state are you in? Did you say Kentucky? Uh, so I live in the greater Cincinnati area, so we cross around from Ohio to Kentucky all the time. But right now okay. I currently live in Kentucky. 
Okay. And uh, you were born there? Yeah. Yeah. And and your parents are still together? Yeah, they are. Yeah. That's weird. <laughs> They're good parents. I'm very thankful sounds, for the parents I have. So, sounds like it. And what was the first, what was your first uh, sort of like sports? It sounds like you both your parents were like uh, moving. So you, so you had good role models for moving. But what was your first like sort of, where did you dip your toe in? Um, I played football and baseball in high school. I played like basketball growing up before high school and stuff. Um, but I like hurt my ankles too much. So I just stopped playing basketball. Um, but mainly I was just football and baseball. And, and were you good at either of them? Um, I was okay. It wasn't anything special. Just, I don't know. Did what I could. What were you you good at? Were there any sports you were good at? Um, I mean, I was solid at football and baseball, but I just didn't excel. Like I didn't have, um, like a bunch of like offers or anything anywhere. I actually, um, hurt my back pretty bad in high school. So I sat out my entire junior year from sports. Um, and then senior year just kind of pretty much had fun. I knew that it wasn't really going to amount to a scholarship anywhere and kind of accepted that. (laughs) Did you, did you recognize you had, um, uh, you were stronger than everyone else in the weight room in high school? Um, I definitely recognized that I had like, uh, I definitely loved the gym, loved working out more than most of the other athletes that were like in the high school and stuff. And even when I went to the one semester of football, basically, um, I was definitely into the weight room more than anyone, everybody else too. Okay. So you like that kind of movement. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so you get into CrossFit and, and, uh, you get into CrossFit, uh, let me see if I can figure it out when you're about 18 years old. Yeah. And when do you start thinking about it as something that's competitive right away or does it take a little while? Uh, it definitely took a while. Um, I didn't necessarily think I was going to be like, a competitor or doing any like cool competitions or anything like that until probably like 2016. And then I got uh, like humbled real quickly by the open. And I just realized I wasn't at all what I thought I was going to be. Um, but I ended up qualifying for regionals in 2017 and 2018 it was like the first time that I like made some progress there. Did it light a fire under you at all in 2016 when you didn't do as well in the open as you imagined you would be? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I thought I was going to be able to at least go to regionals and go there. And I actually went to the Central East Regional in 2016. And I honestly like hated it. Like I like felt like I was almost embarrassed to be watching, which is like just my personal thing. Like, obviously, they need fans and stuff. Um, But I was just like, I want to be on the floor. Like, I don't want to be sitting here watching. So I made it a goal um, to be there at the following year. And I was. Were you surprised when you felt that way? I'm assuming you went there thinking you were just going to kick back, enjoy, watch, and then next thing you know, it's like it's, it's uncomfortable. Did you was that a surprise to you? Yeah, definitely. I didn't even realize it that I like I thought it was going to be just be like, a cool event, like you said, and I was just going to watch these like super fit people work out. Um, but it was like really motivating just to see them like on the floor and me not be there. And I'm like, man, I want to be there so bad. Like, definitely had that. Brian, do you ever get that? Like every, like all the years I worked all the events, I I never ever like it was the exact opposite. Like I was glad it wasn't me. Um, <laughs> I like uh, I've never won. I've never aspired to compete at that level. Um, I like doing a competition once in a while, but no, when I'm at those events, I'm pretty happy not to be involved. <laughs> You're you don't get envious or like fuck. I wish I maybe I should have like started training harder ten years ago and I could do this and FOMO. 
Doesn't happen for me. Not like that. Not with that. What's the biggest limiting factor you have for not being better? Um, right now it's my job. By the way, uh, by the way, let me let me rephrase that so people don't fucking lose their mind. <laughs> I I understand how good he is. He's a freak of nature. But there's some there. He he clearly has a lot of things going on. We he we started off by saying he works. So that's what I'm referencing that to. I'm not saying that by any means is he not one of the fittest fittest humans who walks the planet. Proceed, Zach. Um, thank you. But I definitely think I'm limited by my job right now. Um, I mean, immediately, um, eight to nine hours of my day is handed over to a company, um, just to do things that, um, don't affect my fitness or actually could make it worse. Um, so I'm just kind of always doing different things other than what I would want to be, want to be doing in that moment. So that's definitely hindering it. What's your job? Um, I'm an associate medical sales rep here in Cincinnati. What's that? Um, so we sell respiratory um, devices and oxygen. So like CPAP, BiPAP, um, non-invasive ventilators and oxygen. Non-invasive ventilators. So business is good. Um, for the full sales rep, yes. Because they get a commission. Yeah. As an associate, I'm just helping out the main sales rep right now. So I'm not getting anything like- fancy. Do you like doing that? I'm going to ask you something deeply personal here, and I apologize, um, kind of. Um, like, is part of you like, yo, like these fucking people we're selling this shit to, they could just be, they, if I could just get 15 minutes of talking to them, I could make it so they don't need this stuff. Yeah, definitely. I think about that all the time. Um, a funny story I always say was I was setting up this patient um, with with what's called a portable oxygen concentrator. It's they carry it around over their shoulder so they can have oxygen without dragging tanks around. And uh, he was extremely obese, like 600 pounds. Like he had like a huge gurney and everything. Like he was super overweight. And we have to like check that they don't smoke. And uh, he, I was like, so just to verify, like you don't smoke, right? And he's like, oh, I would never put that poison in my body ever. And I'm like, I mean, in my head, I'm thinking about all like the bad food he's eaten and how much worse like that would be for him. Like <laughs> I always laugh about that. Yeah, that is so. So you actually deal with the people. You're. I, I imagine you behind a desk. Like I imagine you behind a desk. You actually see the people who use your gear. Um, for the most part, um, we kind of travel around to different doctors' offices and just build like relationships and make sure that everything is running smoothly on their end and our end and stuff. Um, but for one particular hospital here in Cincinnati, um, I deliver the oxygen to the patients at the hospital when they're discharging. Wow. And, and are the, are the majority of those people obese? Um, I would say, yeah. Yeah. So basically they're, they're addicted. They're, they're basically carbohydrate addicts. Yeah. Between that and smoking, like there's people who are in horrible conditions, like with extreme cases of COPD and they still smoke and they're like, well, I'm already here. So like, why should I stop? It's like a horrible mindset to have. Why, why can't you smoke when you have oxygen? You'll explode. Um. Yes. Yeah. Basically, is that is that really true? Like, or or they just yeah. say that shit? Is that like, hey, don't swim after you eat food, and you're like, yeah, fuck you. <laughs> no, it's or definitely it, it... it's combustible. So there's been multiple times when patients all the time will be like, I don't want oxygen. I had a friend blow up from smoking or from oxygen. I'm like, well, they didn't blow up from oxygen. Like, they were smoking next to the oxygen and it combusted, and that's the problem. 
Wait a second. So you actually know of stories where someone was smoking with this with, while they were getting oxygen and something bad happened? Yeah. We have to 100% tell them that they cannot smoke by the oxygen. Yeah. And, and are you dead if that happens? Um, I mean, it'll blow up. Like, there was someone who told me that they knew somebody who they had pulled into the driveway and all of a sudden, like the second level of the house exploded and everyone in the that room died. And I was like, I don't, that seems a bit extreme, but apparently it happened. Yeah. I mean, one of those big, what you would think, I mean, I, I don't know. I have no idea what the, what the explosion looked like, but I've seen some videos, not with oxygen, but on YouTube where there's like a propane tank at a gas station Yeah, and they have a camera on it. And like a few seconds before, I don't know, a few milliseconds before it explodes, you actually see the trees getting pulled into it because this thing's drawing in so much oxygen wow. <laughs> prior to the explosion. <laughs> and then, and then, and then the gas station's gone. Like yeah, the whole, right. like the whole, it's gone. It's right. Just flattened. I, but that's propane. But that big. Man. Okay. So you do that. So you do that. And, and, um, how long have you had that job? Uh, pretty much exactly a year. So it was July of last year. And and did you work before then? Yeah, it was just like odd jobs. It wasn't anything like, this is like the best job I've ever had. Um, I just kind of work in, like I worked as a valet, like stuff like that. Just weird little jobs. And do you have any side hustles going on? Like, are you selling t-shirts or do you sell kids programming like me? Are you trying <laughs> to make a few dollars on YouTube like me? Like what would you got any like side hustles going? I do not No, No side hustles. Pretty much training and working my job. Just take up all my time. No personal coaching. No, mm -mm. no, just trying to focus on, um, one, just the job itself takes up a lot of my time. And then as soon as I leave there, I'm pretty much going to the gym uh, my only, like technically off days are Saturday and Sunday, and most of those are just spent training the whole time. So I don't have a whole lot of free time right now. Did you ever get uh, go have you thought anything of beyond your level one? Uh, no, I did not. I, I was going to get my L2, um, and then it just kind of never ended up happening, and I actually let the L1 expire. Uh, I, I'd like to come circle back to your L one, um, but but first I want to talk more. I'm helping with your finances. Um, have you thought about moving in with your parents? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, during um, during COVID, we or actually right before COVID, we moved out, and that was kind of bad timing because um, obviously the whole world shut down. Um, so you and your girlfriend were living. You and your fiance were living at your at your mom's house. Uh, so she didn't technically like live with us, but she definitely stayed with us a lot. Gotcha. Yeah. Did she have a key to the house? No, she did not, but she knew the garage code. And your parents wouldn't trip if they came home and she was in there like making something in the kitchen. Like you guys. Oh tight. no, no, not at all. I think my mom okay. likes uh, my wife more than me sometimes. Probably. Do you have any <laughs> sisters? Yeah, I have a sister. Her name is Megan. Oh, oh, well then your mom got her Phil. I don't think that's true. She, your mom loves you. Okay. <laughs> So, you. so, so, did we, and I'm serious. I mean, I, until I was 34, I was in and out of my mom's house. Like I would go there as much as I could so I could focus on what I wanted to focus on and make her pay the bills. If I would get kicked out and then come back and get kicked mm -hmm. out and come back. But I was like, but I was like you, like I had, like I was on a mission um, and I was disciplined and I had good habits, you know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, but why not do that? Like if you don't have kids, damn, you have two dogs too. That's going to be a hard sale to go back to the house. Oh, we have two dogs. And how many cats? We have one cat. 
Two dogs, one you, cat. Have you guys thought about moving back in with your parents? Or uh, parents? No. No. Oh. Um, we just, we like being on our own. We like our, we like our space and we like the, we like to have our own spot to be in. My parents also have two other dogs. So that whole four dogs would sound miserable. <laughs> yeah. That's a lot of piss and shit. <laughs> what kind of dogs do you have? Uh, we have a golden retriever and an Australian shepherd. I had, <clears throat> I came home with three great Danes and, and I don't know if you're familiar with that dog, but they, yeah. seriously, they killed a whole section of my the mom's yard just with urine. They just pe- peed down a whole section of the yard and, and, and Danes will pee like for two minutes. It's crazy. Dang. Yeah, they just completely destroyed a section of the yard, but I, I never got kicked out for that. It was other stuff. <laughs> so, so, so why did you take your L1 and when did you take it? Uh, I took my L1 probably 2015. Um, I had shown up to the gym and I just liked being there and I was there a lot. And the the owner of the gym came up and just like expressed interest in me potentially coaching. And uh, originally our plan was for me to coach the 5 a.m. classes and uh, that never happened. <laughs> so I kind of took over for the afternoon um, and coached probably like three classes a day all through college. Did they pay for your L1? Uh, he paid for half of it, I think. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. And did you like your L1? What was your, or what were your thoughts? What was your reaction to the L1? Uh, yeah, I liked it. Um, I actually, um, full honesty, I failed my first test for the L1, so I had to retake that. Um, and that was kind of weird because, like, um, in my head, like, I could do all the movements. I knew how to, like, assess um, – look at someone and like figure out what was going wrong with them um but just like the test itself just like the i guess the words were confusing to me at one point and i just didn't get enough of them right um so when i slowed down the second time and really thought about it i passed it no problem words are confusing to me sometimes too especially when yeah right mouth (laughs) but in Um, my head i was thinking about like how some of the people there like I don't know. It's egotistical to think that just because I can do the movements does means that I should have an L1. But there are people there who definitely passed who like couldn't do all the stuff, which I have since learned doesn't matter. Um, but at the time when I was young and dumb, I definitely thought that should be more important is like being able to do stuff. It'll be interesting to see over the years how the, the material you learned in the L1 changes um, in value to you like mm-hmm. you know like it, like if you're a games athlete like it, it's one thing but if you're you know if you're a doctor 30 let's say you're a 45 year old doctor who's been practicing for 10 years the l1 is something totally different. Or, if, or if you're a parent and it's, it, but it's but it's the same information sorry go ahead or, Brian. or if you're a parent i think that it takes a new meaning on yeah i mean it's so it's you can stick you can point it at anything you want and, and make shit better it's really mm-hmm. cool yeah so, did anyone else in your family take your L one? Did your mom take it? No, just me. I was the only one that was interested in like coaching and stuff. Hey, you would think that maybe when you're at the games, you can say to Dave or someone, you can be like, "Hey, you, you know, it would be real." Oh, I don't know. Maybe I'm setting you up for failure. But they should give all games athletes a free L one. I don't know. That's or, for you to L2. talk to Dave. <laughs> yeah, just be like, "Yo, like you get a thousand dollar credit to." Um, any class you want in the CrossFit ecosystem. 
That'd be you like cool. that, Brian? I love, I, cool. I love it because, not, I mean, not even every place that makes a game is gets uh, prize money, but it, that's a pretty good value that you can add on to the you know accomplishment of qualifying for it. And and who better than to represent CrossFit the the methodology and the and the certificate than Zach Watts? Hey, right there, you go. That's good. Seven, seven. That's <laughs> if one I walked up to Dave, there, that was a good idea. I, it's probably it's probably one I've I presented to Greg and Dave and Nicole a thousand times that never <laughs> never took off. If I walked up to Dave, he'd have no idea who I was. I liked, uh, maybe, maybe, I don't know if that's true. He probably think you were Josh Bridges. I don't know. He, at the Mac, he you walked up to me like and, at the Mac, he walked up to me and said, are you Jason Hopper? I was like, nope. And walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a true story? Yeah. Yeah. It was in the warm-up area. I'm sure he said, sorry. Maybe he did. Maybe he did it after he walked away, but he just like walked away. I was like, all right, that was cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh the man a few words yeah right did you speak to any of these guys that you qualified with when you were at the mid-atlantic hopper panchik medeiros mayor yeah yeah um during the competition it's just kind of like very brief conversation like in the one-up area just everyone's trying to be serious and just focus on what they obviously have to do but immediately after the competition everyone was so social and laughing and joking and just talking in the the back room while we were waiting to get drug tested. And, and, oh, how was that? How was the drug test? It was good. Yeah, no news is good news, so it's good. And and I've gone through this before in other podcasts, but it's basically you stand there and pee into a cup, and there's a dude like who makes sure like your hand is touching your junk and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's getting a, a full view of everything down there. How far away is he from you? I'd probably say like four feet. <laughs> So his, like, so his, like, if he's four feet, so, like, his eyes are, like, f- five, he's just out of reach from touching your penis. He's, his <laughs> eyes are, like, five feet away. If I were to take a rule, like, a, a measuring tape and stretch it out from your penis to his eyes, it's five feet away. Give or take. <laughs> because if I were, if I were the guy making the drug test that, like, if I was, like, the uh, USADA, that would be... I wouldn't just have something like so simple in there as like you have to stand within six feet of the, the person. I would be like, I'd be like, your eyes need to be within six feet of the penis if you drew a straight line from your eyes to the penis. And, and it would be like the driver's license. And if you wear glasses, you have to have your glasses. I mean, you want to leave. I mean, this thing has to be thorough. Is that well, your mine, first drug test? Yeah, ahead, it is. Sorry. And I was really excited about it, honestly. Um, but my question is who wants to do that job? Like who would apply for that job? That's a whole nother show, Zach. <laughs> Holy shit. You took my brain to a fucking really weird spot. Don't do that. Don't do that. Gotta stay focused. Wow. I wonder if you get promoted to that job. I wonder if there's like another or what if it's like this? It's like what if like they have three positions? Like you could be the guy who takes blood, you could be the guy that takes a saliva sampler, you could be the guys who watch people pee. And you're like, No, no, I want to watch the guys pee. I want that one. <laughs> That one. Yeah, definitely. And that's a sexist job too. Like that that job they they don't give that to women, right? That's one of those jobs that like where us males we dominate, right? Like I have no idea. Watch it. Have you ever seen so, a woman? Yeah. That's my first time being drug tested. That was that was just the guy. Yeah, and so you said you were excited because it was like some sort of validation that like you were a professional athlete now? 
Yeah, definitely. So I went to the Granite Games in 2019 on a team, and I was with Alex Parker, Meredith Root, and Ethan Helbig, which are all individual games athletes. And uh, so we're on a four-person team, and literally all three of them got pulled to be drug tested, except for me. And I was like, so just go ahead and test me. Like, I'm on the same team. Like, just test me, too. And uh, so... I took that as just kind of like, they don't think that I matter pretty much. So like being tested, it's like, this guy's doing something that maybe he's cheating. And so that's my thought process on it. So I was excited. Um, who was, who was the, I, I, I know who Meredith and Alex Parker um, are. We've had them on the podcast. Fantastic people. Who was the other guy you said? Uh, Ethan Helbig. I think he went in 2018, maybe 2017. Brian, maybe find out. Brian, have you, do you know his name? Look at Brian. Even Zach's giving you orders now. Everyone just... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, Brian, well, Brian you know knows everything. Name? Brian knows everything. Do you know that name? Yeah, he was uh, he was a fifth place qualifier out of the Atlantic Regional 2018. He was there. I was at the competition. You weren't there. It was the, the third week, and we went to the first two together, but not the third one. So he knows everything. I, did I get grounded by Greg? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. I don't know. Did I invite you to it? And I, well, show? no. At that point, I, I was kind of – I mean, we'd had such a good time the first two weeks. I just assumed we'd do it again. I lived in Florida, and I was going there, and you're like, I can't go to this one, but you can go there. I'll get you on the list. You can just get in while access pass and study up on the athletes. Fuck, I'm a good dude. <laughs> so, 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 so even back then, so you've been working with – do you remember the first elite athlete you worked with? I mean, because obviously Meredith Root, Alex Parker, and this – Ethan Hembelberg, um, they're they're obviously good because Brian's heard of them. Do you remember the first time you were like, "Oh shit!" They're like you you, you were around other just phenomenal CrossFitters. Um, there's definitely other instances, but the first one that comes to my mind was one day I woke up and I had a random text message from some random number, and uh, it was like, "Hey, this is uh, Chandler Smith. I got your number from a friend." Um, I'm passing through Cincinnati. Is there any chance that you'd want to work out today? And uh, I like shot up out of bed and I was like, yes, like tell me what time that you're going to be there and I will meet <laughs> you there. So I got to work out with him uh, and he's That's like, awesome. He's an that awesome guy. Awesome. Yeah. And we just talked pretty much the whole time and uh, just like basically it was just picking his brain um, on like how to get to that level and how to, how to just move up and potentially be a games athlete one day. And uh, so even now, like I went to the games and I went to watch the games in 2019 and uh, I like saw him and he immediately like gave me this huge hug. He's like, dude, good to see you. Like, so happy you're here. Like all this stuff. So he's an awesome guy. Did you inappropriately stare at his nub? <laughs> no, I did not. <laughs> did you even notice it? Like, did you see when he grabbed the bar? Like he's got less, less purchase on it. I mean, I haven't noticed it. I haven't see seen him. No, no, I, I, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> because when I watch from, have you seen it, Brian? Is he missing a little piece of his finger? Yeah, probably third of an inch or, or half inch, maybe. Because whenever I see him compete, I, I like I get close to the TV set, and I'm like, I want to see like it. I want to see him grabbing the bar, and if it gives him less purchase, I mean, shit, you can't tell by his performance that anything's that he lost a little bit of his finger. Right. Which one is it? I think it's his ring finger. Oh, you were staring. You were staring. I remember the post that he made that was just like, hey, my game's hopes are over. Like, I just, like, cut my finger off and, like, it's 
ring finger. I don't know. <laughs> did you watch the fight last night, Zach? No, I did not. I saw the update of uh, Connor's leg, though. The video of it. You did see that. Yeah, it's gross. Did you see it? In, did you see it in slow motion? Yeah, it did. It, it it was like his leg was at a ninety. It was like his ankle was at a ninety degree. Is that ninety degrees? Yeah, ninety degree angle from his shin. It was like it didn't even make sense. Your brain couldn't even process it. Yeah, anytime that happens, and like they go to step on the ground with their broken like his, his example, like his shin bone is touching the ground. I just can't imagine how bad that would hurt. <laughs> what's, what's crazy is as soon as. Like I, I was watching TV in a room full of people, and I yelled as soon as it happened. And he, and as he's yelling, I'm yelling. But the referee and Dustin, I don't think Dustin saw it, and I don't think the referee saw it. But I don't know how they could not have seen it, and yet they still let him get punched a few more times. I'm like, <laughs> right. I'm like, dude, this fight needs to be stopped. Yeah. And 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 I like Connor, but I don't think it. Was, I think he called Dustin's wife a hoe or something, and that kind of like. That kind of damaged me. That that I'm okay with calling people names, but calling someone's wife a hoe is a little much. Yeah. Even for me. You call someone's wife a hoe, Zach? I would never do that. I wouldn't even do it behind closed doors. No. I don't think. Plus it's a joke. What what's just a joke? That he did that? No, I'm saying like like unless you like jokingly call someone a hoe oh. just to be funny. Right. And and if someone got upset, that would be my default position too. I'd be like, no, I was just kidding. Do you have any sponsors? Uh, yeah, I do. So I'm sponsored by um, Nova Labs, Nova Three Labs, and also Brute Strength are my like official sponsors. I'm hoping to uh, capitalize on a couple more here here soon. What what Nova Labs is like something you eat that makes you stronger? A meal uh, supplement? Yeah, it's a supplement company. It's uh, they have a little bit of everything supplement wise. And um, and and brute strength, they they basically do programming and training. Yeah, yeah, they do. So basically, you get good enough to a point where you're one of the thirty fittest human beings who's walking the planet, and they're like, okay, we'll give you programming for free, but you have to wear this shirt and put this bumper sticker on your car. Something. Uh, like that. Yeah, basically, basically. Oh, you must have been stoked. I bet <laughs> well, you that shit's expensive without that. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, I had a friend um, who got working with coach L um, through bridge strength a couple years ago. And he just talking about how awesome it was. Um, and he was like, just trying to like level up to be a games athlete and stuff. And he had a lot of progress. Um, he ended up going up to the games uh, as the central beast uh, when his name was Zach Souter. Um They went in 2019. Um, and so he kind of inspired the brute strength movement with me. Um, obviously himself, me and also his brother, Ryan Souter, all joined Brute Strength with Coach L. And uh, we've been working together for, it was probably like in total, like two and a half years. We took like obviously 2020 off because there was no point of trying to program when I couldn't even get into a gym. So we started that back up after we kind of got loosened up and back into training. When we when we were interviewing Cole Mertens about a week ago, do you know who that is? He he qualified in yeah, I don't know what region. He's the dude who's five four. He qualified at Granite Games. He got like fifth, I think. And um, and he has a day job too. Crazy day job. Crazy. What's he do? And he work. 
he's a pig farmer. <laughs> he manages. I think. I think he. I, I don't want to misquote it, but I think he said there's fifteen thousand pigs. I don't. 15, I don't think they're all. I, I don't think they're all at the same farm, but I think that the families' farms have them. Yeah, thousands of them. Yeah. No, you think they're all at really? the same one? All Fifteen thousand at one? I don't know. Maybe, I'm, maybe that's true. Boy, can you imagine how That'd much urine that is? That'd be a huge field. Fifteen thousand pigs. Yeah. Wow. I should have asked him that. What do they do with all the feces? Because my three Great Danes killed my mom's yard. What do you do with fifteen thousand <laughs> pigs of urine? That's got to be an issue. Someone's going to comment in the YouTube about that and explain that to us. That's cool. That'll be a good little tidbit. Remind me to ask Colton that next time we have him on. That's ridiculous. There's got to be a way to make money off that. There's got to be some value to all that urine and all that feces. I don't think. Do you remember on Dodgeball, the movie Dodgeball with like Vince Vaughn, when the yeah. coach, the coach is like, is it necessary for me to drink my own urine? No, but it's <laughs> sterile and I like the taste. <laughs> <laughs> Have you noticed games athletes are really good with quotes? No, I did not know that. Yeah, Josh and Matt are always, Josh Bridges and Matt Fraser are always doing quotes, movie quotes. You don't do movie quotes, Brian, do you? not my area of expertise yeah not mine either I, my brain can't even doesn't even work that way but at least at least zach quoted a great movie it's a good one that i've heard of um so so colton basically it, it talking to him you get this sense of like there like there's nothing else important in life except for the crossfit games and like basically he's he's gonna go until he dies like, I mean, he is, his commitment oozes off of him and, and he's not, not like he's emphatic about it. He's the antithesis of a Conor McGregor type. Um, there, um, do you, do you have that? Um, I've definitely wanted to be at the CrossFit games and also win the CrossFit games for a long time. Um, I even jokingly, I'm not jokingly. I used to, unfortunately put future CrossFit games champion in my Instagram bio um until so i was uh humbled very quickly by how good everyone was and also made fun of by all my friends and my wife <laughs> <laughs> but early on i just was i just dreamed of it and i thought that would be like just so cool um i pretty much live by the quote um if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life like that is like something i think about all the time so being able say it again say it again if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life and uh, mm -hmm. I think that's like just really inspiring um, just because like it would be amazing to be able to be in a point to where just like so you can uh, provide for your like family through doing something that you love like CrossFit. So um, I just wholeheartedly want to be able to do that. Um, and being a CrossFit Games champion is just like obviously the the top echelon of the sport, of the fittest of the fit. Um, so that's definitely a goal of mine. Um, I do have, unfortunately I have some holes like running and stuff, but I'm going to work every day until I can get there. Today was the Wimbledon finals. I have no interest in sports like tennis and golf and baseball and football and basketball, stupid shit. But my son plays tennis and I'm trying to take a, a, an enjoyment in tennis. So t when his tennis coach, Adam told me that the Wimbledon finals were today. I got up at six in the morning and I put on the Wimbledon finals and the guy who won it, um, his name is Novak Djokovic. Damn, Brian Novak right. Djokovic. And it, he, he, he basically tied Federer and Nadal for 20. Yeah. Majors. 
20 majors. It's fucking insane. And he's younger than them. And it's, it's nuts. And I was actually a little bit moved by it. But basically this ties into what you said about your, about what you put in your, um, games pro in your profile on Instagram. And maybe you'll switch it now that you hear the story. When he was seven years old in his bedroom, he built a replica of the Wimbledon trophy. Like just with like paper. It sounds like it was like paper and popsicle sticks. And now at the age of, I don't know how old he is. Do you know how old he is, Brian? I think he's he 35. Be, he can't be past. Yeah. He, 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 um, he's, he just won his sixth Wimbledon. But at seven, he built that trophy in his room just as a, like, I'm, I want this. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, it's, uh, of, of course people are going to laugh at your dreams. Mm-hmm. Of course people are going to laugh at your dreams, right? Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, you've already done the stupid part, the most stupid part by chasing them. You might as well just go all the way. You know what I mean? I and agree. I mean that facetiously, like, fuck yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. That was, it was a crazy story. I couldn't believe it. And he said, you know, I've told the story a million times, but I can't, but I have to tell it again. And he told the story. And that really moved me. And, and just from hearing that, I kind of like tennis now. I think I'll start like watching tennis. Yeah. I never thought that I would ever like tennis. I think anytime like you're in a pursuit of like something, like anyone who wants to be great at something has to visualize that they're in that spot in order to like be motivated to go. Like if you think like, oh, that's not going to be possible, then it's not going to be possible. And uh, I fully always think of like being about being positive and like visualizing things like that and uh i mean one time i visualized just going to regionals and the next year i was there um visualized going to the games and i'm going to be there um so it's just another thing to tackle how does that work what the world magic why does that work um i think you just like put your priorities in line and you work towards them and uh if you always have that like goal in your mind of i want to be able to do this and just always think of that then you can find that motivation when the days are tough and you don't want to do just do the work to be able to be there like you're not going to get there without the work but why does visualizing work do we know why brain's a powerful thing i don't know like is it magic because you still have to do the work you can't just visualize it right right do you, when you snatch, do you visualize beforehand? Like before you did that three ten at the at the uh, semifinals, did you visualize yourself landing it? Yeah, definitely. It, pretty much anytime, uh, anytime there's a big lift, like I'm visualizing hitting it and being just being done with it after that. I'm not going to think about how hard the lift is going to be. Like it's just like all right, let's let's clean it, let's jerk it, or let's get it off the ground and get it overhead. Do you actually see yourself doing it in your head? Um. I think no, I think about the end result more so than like actually seeing myself doing it. Well, and how do you think about it? I'm because I don't visualize, but like my son visualizes. He'll yeah. be like, "Hey, I see my next skateboard. It's got blue wheels and yellow <laughs> stickers on the bottom." And I'm like, "Holy shit!" <laughs> like when I close my eyes, I just see darkness. <laughs> uh, how 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 do you visualize it? Like how does that work? Um, when I you think, say like you visualize the end, catching it or standing, yeah, up, like. I'm definitely thinking of like completing the lift, like the final product of the lift, like for snatch or clean and jerk would be putting it overhead. Um, so like, I'm just thinking of like standing up with it, catching it in a good spot, being able to support the weight and stand there like to complete the lift. Um, Cause if you're like, if you aren't visualizing you completing the lift, like there's no chance you're going to get it. Like 
at that point, you just don't think you can do it. So like, why try? Have you always visualized? Uh, yeah, I think in sports, like growing up in sports and stuff, all the coaches are just like, you have to visualize it. Like if you're like playing linebacker, you're visualizing the plays, you're visualizing like where the quarterback's going to go. Like you're visualizing like every single play of every single quarter, um, to like prepare for it. So I think visualize visualizing is huge. And just like, I think it's a confidence booster. So like when something does happen, so like for sport examples, um, like when the running back happens to do something like you, you've already had that thought, you've already thought like, I know what to do based off of what happens. So pulling a barbell off the floor, I know, obviously this is like hours and hours and hours of technique work and confidence building. But like, I know once it passes my knee, I need to throw my hips, make solid hip contact, pull into the bar as fast as I can, catch it in a good position, make sure it's stable, stand up. So like all of these different things, just like just going through, making sure that everything is perfect. Cause in lifts like that, specifically Olympic lifting, like there's no room for air. Like if you're off by a millimeter, like you're going to miss the lift. You just serenaded, um, Brian. Like if, I don't know what he's into, men or women, but if someone stood underneath his bedroom window and was like, Brian, and strummed a guitar and said all those points of the lift, Brian would come down with an erection, like come downstairs and Espe- let him in. But especially, like that, I, you should have seen his face. Especially too. it's nice to hear someone who snatches 315 talk about all the things that everyone who's starting snatching hears. It's like you have to hit those those fundamental points. It doesn't matter if you're doing it with the PVC pipe for the first time or you have the capacity to do a world-class snatch. The points of performance are the same. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And I think they're like for new athletes trying to snatch, like you can only get so far with crappy technique um, and you hit a wall. And as soon as like the technique is fixed and you just have that one thing that snaps, like you instantly PR, like instantly will get like a, a new record based off of, that one thing and it, like if you get multiples of those things over the course of years like you'll be snatching 300 in no time easy as that <laughs> <laughs> he should be a motivational speaker seven my side gig seven can we investigate his um, competition history a little Sure, sure. I was going to start talking about focus. I was getting into myself a little too much. Go ahead. Man. Well, uh, so Zach, you know, it's difficult to tr- to keep track of all the competitions, of course. But as far as I know, you did regionals two years. You did that one team competition on the Granite Games. You went to Brazil one time, and then you've had the the Mid Atlantic. I don't, and I don't know of any other live competitions that you've done at that level, at least. Mm-hmm. Are we in the right ballpark there? Yeah. Uh- yeah, definitely. There's just some like little ones that we like that have gone through. Like I did a three person team with Ryan and Zach Souter at Wadapalooza, um, elite team on there. Um, Actually, the year that, that was a good, but the year that you did that, that elite team of three men's competition was insane. There were like yeah, fifty games athletes dispersed amongst these teams. Most of them all paired up with each other. The Panchik brothers all did it together. The Ben Smith, Ben Smith and his brothers all did it together. Froning had a team yeah. with Hobart and think matt hewitt like there were a ton of good teams there yeah no Olson had a team i remember talking to him um and we did yeah. really well like yeah we did well i want to say we were i don't remember exact placement but in that field we were still i want to say it was eight but i it gets better and better as the years go on you know <laughs> eventually i'll be saying that we won that competition <laughs> okay so so you had the two regionals years and um 32nd both year i think and then, uh, yep. do you feel, you know, 
thirty seconds place two years in a row. Yeah. So the yeah. placing didn't out of forty. Probably yeah, forty. Um. Oh shit. So wow. the placing maybe not. That's like a bad wow, by the way, not a good wow. Zach. <laughs> yeah, I figured. <laughs> the, the placing was the same year to year, but did you feel better or more uh, like a different athlete at all by that second year? Oh uh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'll just go ahead and make me sound even worse. Um, twenty seventeen, a bunch of people de- like uh, withdrew because they tore their pecs. Um, so oh, technically I didn't beat all those people either. They just didn't finish the competition. Um, so it might be 32nd on the leaderboard, but who knows they would have probably beat me if they would have stayed in the whole weekend. Um, so 2018, I definitely felt better overall. Um, like the weekend didn't start off hot. We did triple three, um, which is not a good workout for me. Do you do well on um, Linda? Just like I didn't. I think I was just middle of the pack. I didn't do anything special at regionals at all. Um, I think I was mainly there. Like I was mainly just happy to be there. I was not in the and like in the mindset of actually competing. Um, and obviously that's not how you should be, but, um, it was just a mindset switch. Um, I don't know if it was me not feeling like I belong there or what it was, but it just didn't have, um, the outcome that I had wanted all those years. So, you know, this, I think you're a good demographic for this because there was a lot of people between 20 and maybe 27 years old in 2018 who were trying to get to regionals or maybe had been to regionals that were pretty disappointed when the season switched. And so I'm guessing mm-hmm. you, you know, you could easily fall into that category, but you did choose to compete a little bit the next season despite the changes, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I did, um, Brazil which was like the first time that I felt like I belonged and I felt like like these, like I can actually be a games athlete one day. Like this isn't in the cards this weekend for Brazil, but uh, I beat a lot of good people um, in different workouts. Um, I competed against like a ton of games athletes there. Um, and that was wait, isn't that an oxymoron? You went to Brazil and you said you beat a lot of good people. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You have to, <laughs> well, you have to know the, the there's a ton the of people there. So this was the these are the people oh, ahead okay, of him. Sorry. It was Will Morad, who's going to the games this year. Saxon Panchik games this year. Spencer Panchik barely missed it. Sean Sweeney, okay, Alexander Caron. So th- all four, four of the five games athletes that were ahead of him from this year. Okay, I was just taking a dig at Brazil. I still think <laughs> none of whom are Brazilian, by the way. <laughs> hey, yeah. real quick before you go before you go on, sorry, don't don't lose your thought. That that pec tear workout that was that those were like ring muscle ups or something, right? That caused that ring dip. Well, yeah. Yeah. So ring dip. Okay. I think it was a combination of both. So they re- they released the workouts for regionals and like as an athlete, I tested the workouts multiple times. Um, but there was the twenty one fifteen nine of ring dips and dumbbell snatches. But there was also twenty one fifteen nine ring muscle ups and overhead squats with the with the dumbbell. So that's a lot of pec pressing. And if you're practicing it multiple times, add in the intensity, there's pretty much no chance of survival. An excessive steroid use, and you have a comp. No, no, I'm joking. <laughs> Fifteen years I've been following the sport. I don't know. I, I never, I've never seen it. Few people tested positive, so that's not even a funny joke. Sorry. Who edits this thing? Cut that part out. Go ahead, Brian. Okay, no, no, Zach, you were you were talking, or we were, ta- we were talking about Brazil before I derailed this. Yeah. Um, so I was saying, just like Brazil was the first time that um, I had thought that I belonged in the competitive CrossFit space. Um, I beat a lot of people in a lot of different workouts um, met and hung out with a lot of them and just realized that I'm just another one of them that could potentially compete. 
Um, we go to the Granite Games, do well at the Granite Games. Why did you choose? Um, Why did you choose to go on first... a team there? Um, I one I don't think I qualified, but I had been asked by Brute Strength to um, join the team, and like we had thought that that would be a competitive place that we could qualify. Um, and we had never even met before that that competition, so being able to do as well as we did uh, without actually practicing or anything. I, I was a very, very good experience. Um, we were just like the first team to not qualify. You the, so o- was your out. team named the OPT Brutes? Is that you guys? Yeah, that's us. Okay. Yeah. They, why OPT? Like, like the, why OPT Brutes? What's OPT? Like, like OPEX? Yeah, it was the, uh, not OPEX. It was um, Optimum. So it's, o- it's OPT because that was Michael Fitzgerald took over OPT when James came to the States yeah. and he was coaching Meredith and Alex. Yes. So it was a collaboration. Br- but aren't Brute Strength? Oh, okay. So because Brute Strength and OPT basically are, I mean, I know they're not this identical companies, but it was basically the merger of two companies' names, OPT Brute Strength. Yeah. So, yeah. But Stefan, okay, their okay. team did really well at that competition because uh, Krypton was first, Invictus X was second, the Central Beast, this guy Zach Souter, who he's good friends with, was third, Don't Stop was Travis Williams' team was fourth, and their team was fifth. So they were right up there with you know a lot of the teams that were going to the games that year. Would you... Would you ever consider? Are you preferring to be individual than being on a team? Uh, yeah. Is it something yeah. you like more? Yeah, I definitely like individual more. Um, there's more pressure on it. There's more of like relying on yourself, making sure that like everything that you do matters. Um, and a team is obviously relying on other people, and uh, just like working as a team. I don't mind the team stuff, but I like individual more. So that was it. So you had that Brazil and you had the Grand Game team competition. And then the next season you, you didn't, which was the 2020 season that was uh, cut short. You didn't participate in any of them. I was kind of surprised that you didn't do mayhem since it's so close to you. Um, for 2020? Yeah. Then I thought mayhem got canceled. Uh, they didn't have it. They didn't, they, they, had, they ran their event. They didn't have a team competition, but it was in January. Oh. Oh, oh! They yeah. just told you that, Zach. They just told you that. No, actually, actually, I was supposed to be on a team for Mayhem. Uh, it was going to be me and Ryan Souter on a team, um, but I was supposed to do Atlas Games, so that was the first sanctional. Um, and we were in Montreal, Canada, that Thursday that the world shut down. So was I. I, um, I was there, probably so in the same room as you. Didn't know it. We, yeah, we would have met. We would have met, and I would have won that competition. So <laughs> that dude, that competition was going to be so fun. There were a lot of good guys there. And a lot of young guys. Yeah. That was the competition you guys all flew to, and then once you got there, it got canceled? Yep. It doesn't even make any Crazy, sense. Crazy, dude. It, was, it, 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 hap- it went from like happening, everyone's building everything out, everything was there, checking in, and six hours later, the, it was like a ghost town in the city. Yeah. We walked in, and the rig was half built. Like, you know, like the, normally like you have this huge, awesome rig as you walk in. Like, the rig was literally half built, and like everything was laying down on the other side of it. And when we walked in and saw that, like, it was just basically over already. There's no good news there. It's surreal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so you didn't get to compete at yeah, all that season. Pro- no. And and it sounds like you had a difficult wow. time training, at least for portions of that season, in terms of access to a gym. Yeah, yeah. I also did, I don't know, I forget the year. It might have been towards, I don't remember when it was, but I did the USA Functional Fitness. Um, competition where I went to Sweden to compete at Worlds. 
there. Um, where Zach Souter won um, the competition. Um, I forget the guy's name, but his name's like Oldis. He just Oopinex. he Lafayette qualified. Lafayette national champion. Yeah, yeah, he was there. I think he got um, like in the top top three. Um, Matt DeLugos, um, who was at the West Coast Classic, I think finished like third or fourth. Um, so there's a lot of good guys there too. I think I finished fifth. Okay, well, that's cool. That's good that you stay relevant in the competitive because I was coming up to this season, right? And you, um, obviously we have the open and the first workout didn't go so well for you relative to the rest of them. I got, I made the mistake earlier in the week of assuming with Carolyn Prevo that that was because of the wall walks. She said it was actually the double unders that slowed her down. But was that, uh, that workout was worth like 95, 90% of your entire open points? Yeah, right. You said that to Carolyn Prevost in our in our in our podcast we did with her. You there was no, there was her? a weird pattern amongst her workouts where her worst workout every competition had something that was inverted on her hands, but it just also coincidentally had double unders, and I assumed it was the hands, the handstand, hand walking, wall walks, and she corrected me. I, I, I hear you, but you said that in our yeah. podcast. Oh, I don't even remember that. That's so weird. Okay. Okay, so back to you, Zach. So what – yeah, I try to listen. I swear to God, I try my damnedest. Okay, Zach, so uh, all Brian was saying, how did you fuck it up? Um, it was just the wall walks. I was um, – I don't know. Like, I would say that it's a big guy problem, but uh, Brent Fikowski apparently didn't have a problem with it. Um, the that first time – I honestly yeah. just didn't know – yeah, I didn't know what to expect on the first go-around. Um, it – I don't know. I just didn't know what to expect on it. And towards the end there, when the sets were larger, definitely fatigued. I didn't have any problem with double unders. Double unders are normally a strength for me. Um, but just overall, I honestly didn't know what to expect. I wasn't really training a whole lot before the Open. Um, so I, after the first week, I was like, well, this is where I'm at. This is what I deserve. I haven't really... Um, <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm I'm doing a podcast. Do you recognize that guy? He told a funny ass story about you already. Hey, hey, is anybody even tuning into your stupid fucking podcast? Tell me, do you know who that is? Do you know who that is? He told a great story about you. Don't get look immediately. You go on the attack. What were you in the navy hey, or something? Does anybody does anybody even tune into that ridiculous thing? He said you walked up to Not him, Dave. He said you walked up to no. I'm, my I am canceled on Instagram. He said you walked up to him at the at the Mid Atlantic, and you're like, "Are you Jason Hopper?" And he's like, "No." And then you just turned around and walked away. Ouch! In 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 Dave's in Dave's defense, Zach, you're really pixelated on my screen, so he probably can't. He will, probably won't recognize you again when he sees you at the game. <laughs> no hard feelings. Hey, nice to uh, see you, Zach. Nice to, nice to see you too, Dave. <laughs> Look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, right. He said, see. Anything else? Any clues you want to give us about any of the events, Dave? Please. Yeah, I'll give you a clue. Okay. So, event number three includes. <laughs> 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 He's a good dude. He's a good dude. Okay, sorry, sorry. I always let Dave interrupt the He's show. He's FaceTiming you regularly um, now? Sorry, Brian. No, no, no. He he texts me. 
He said, "What are you doing? I, what are you doing?" I said, "Podcast." And he, then he's like, "You're such a gamesista. You're such a gamesista." And then he facetimes in because he needs some facetime. Needs the attention. Yeah, steal the show. Okay, so wall walks difficult, which whatever, and you do pretty well the rest yeah. of the the rest of the way. How tall are you, Zach? Sorry, I, I forget. I think you said in the beginning. I'm six foot. Ooh, another you one. You know what? Brian. So I did this. Yeah. I did this actually analysis today. I, I found the average of all the games athletes heights and weights this year <clears throat> because it seemed like there were a lot of guys i think there's a dozen guys six feet or, or taller but it comes out to the same the mm-hmm. average listed height is still 510 and 197 it went up two pounds and no inches wow colton mertens is fucking <laughs> it all up he's fucking it all up seriously I, I mean like i'm curious if it would change that much if you like like no in no offense at all chain took out that as like the outlier Oh, he's going to beat your ass, dude. You're screwed. There's going to be video of a dude who's 5'4", who's like chewing on your neck. No, I'm just curious. I'm kind of a numbers guy, too, so that's just something I'm interested in. Yeah, I could just, just remove that one and see. Yeah, move it up maybe a you know, quarter of an inch. Um, Brian, what's the shortest it's ever been? Has it ever been 5'8"? Like, like if you were to ask me, like even though I've heard you say 5'10 forever, I would say that the average games athlete, the perfect height is – Five eight, five nine, hundred and seventy nine pounds. Maybe way off, yeah, which is fine. But the one hundred and seventy nine pounds. <laughs> <laughs> How much do you weigh, Zach? Uh, like two hundred five. And I, yeah, dude, I don't ever remember hearing these numbers. Is it because I didn't do a podcast before with games athletes? Um, I don't know, but probably I have. I I, I don't actually have the totals of every average for per year. I usually just look at the top ten, and it's always been right around five ten. 195, five, four and a half, 145. Like it's been pretty consistent. Um, but there's, out, there's outliers. Like there's people in there that are six, two or, or five, seven, and there's women that are five, seven or five, one. But on average, they're right there. Anyway, so you get to the quarterfinals. But Colton Mertens is, sorry, sorry, we'll pick up the quarterfinals, quarterfinals in a second. But Colton Mertens is the shortest person in the history of the CrossFit games to come the men, right? Um, I, I yeah. don't know for sure, but I would think so, yeah. And do you know who the tallest is? Is it like Asia Barto or um, whoever it is, it's probably not more than six three and six four at most. Okay. All right. Quarter. What about like Tommy Hackenbrook? He's like six nope, one, six two. There's a lot of six one, six oh. two guys, but six three you're I I can't tell you a six three guy who's been to the games for sure. Tommy feel have you ever seen Tommy in person? Yeah. Oh, no, I, I have not. He feels really big when you're next broad to him. Shoulders I can see why really, you would really think he's huge. Shoulders. Yeah, he's a he's a he's not like big like super thick. He just he he gives off big. Like not fight him in a bar kind of big, that kind of big. <laughs> um anyway, so you get to quarterfinals and I was kind of surprised when I saw your quarterfinal finishes. I usually there's a lot there's a lot of athletes have great events and a bad event here or there but you just had very average placements one between 154 and 286 on everything mm-hmm. I had a uh, I got two adjustments unfortunately um which were no like obviously not intentional ways of cheating at all but uh the push press and the dumbbells they didn't uh like my lockout on a couple of the reps on the um, push press. It took a minor penalty on that. And then I took a major penalty on the sprint workout of the snatches and box jump overs. Um, Cause I cycled the first nine snatches 
and they didn't necessarily like my knee um, extension at the top of the rep, unfortunately. I was yeah. So that was very scary. That was the one I was wondering about because I would have thought that you'd have a pretty good time on that workout. Yeah, that was my best workout in the beginning uh, before the adjustments. Uh, and then when they adjusted it, it fell to that. But uh, outside of like Olympic lifting, like I'm pretty consistent all around. Um, I don't like necessarily excel in uh, like really like w- like do awesome in a lot of workouts. I'm like pretty consistent. And it's it's um, it's a notable feature because, like I said, Cole Mertens is actually a great example, or Brent Fukowski is. You know, there's certain guys that have this hit or miss kind of pattern to their their workouts, and there's others that are just kind of in in the mix every time, but don't often win an event. You seem to have the potential to win one specific thing, or at least top three in one specific thing that probably will you know show up at some point, and then just be pretty good at everything else without anything terrible. Yeah. A definite, definite strength of mine is explosive workouts. So like fast sprints and stuff like that, like anything so, like that. I so if we see workouts at the games, I don't like, know. I don't know. I don't know if that's true. What you said, Brian. I don't know if that's true. He got capped, dude. That's not an explosive capped. workout. That's a long workout. No, no. But he's saying that you're not going to do terrible at anything, and that's like that's that's a glaring hole to get capped. I mean, it, just as much as it's glaring that he won the snatch with three ten, and it's not even his PR. Most of the guys we've talked to set their PRs at the event. I mean, he's 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 for a games athlete. I know we're talk, talking minutia, but within that context of minutia, he's way out of balance. You're man. you're, you're yep. getting ahead of me, Sevan. You're getting ahead of me. Okay, sorry, sorry. I thought you were giving him a compliment. I had to beat him down. No, no, no I'm bit. saying Thanks. we get through because I, what I really wanted to ask him was that we get through the quarterfinal and we see fairly consistent across the board. Semifinal, we've already talked about, and we know that the running was kind of the outlier there and from the negative side, and. And then we know we know historically that running is always tested at the games. But this year, because of the way that things were in the world, half of the guys had an online test in which running wasn't tested. Mm-hmm. And think about the, the situation. I don't know if you've thought about it. Like, what if that running workout ended up keeping you out? And you see the online program and you're like, man, if I didn't have to run, I probably could have got in. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think I had, I had like a first, a fourth, a fourth, a sixth. 12th and 27th or whatever at, at the Mac. Sixth. Uh, sixth. Two sixes? No, 26th. Oh, 26th. Thanks. I said 27th, so I'll take it. Um, so, You're consistently humble, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Um, You're welcome. But if I look at like the other five events, like, and if you just put a normal like a not running dominant workout in there. Um, and let's say I even just get middle of the pack. Like that sets me up way better for going into the final workout than potentially not making it in the final workout. Like if I just get like, say I get 12th or 15th in that fourth workout instead of 26, I'm sitting in a way better spot. And it just speaks on how much I need to work on running to fill that gap and uh, could complete my game basically. Yeah. So do you, but do two things, two, two things, Brian, before you say, before you go on to the next thing, sorry. Uh, one, good job getting that in, talking, grinding your, the Brian friend acts of comparing the online qualifier to live and different events. Good job. Keep, keep sharpening that axe, no, buddy. No. Gonna get us fucking kicked out of it. Before we know it, Dave's going to be telling us not to talk to games athletes That's not anymore. It. And two, but, and two, um, I, I don't know, dude. I was looking, Granted, you're with some beasts, but even if you would have won that workout, those 
you're kind of in no man's land in fifth place. Everyone above you trounced you, and then you fucking trounced the guys below you. Yeah, appreciate that. Thank you're you. You're kind of in a weird. So it's like it's it's an inter- it's an it's a, it's an interesting thing. And one final thing before you move on, Brian. Brian, is he going to win an event at the games? And, and do people, does everyone know, oh shit, Zach Watts is strong as shit? Like, there's always a guy at the games where everyone's like, oh great, this guy's here. <laughs> is he that guy? If, if there's a one rep max <laughs> snatch, he can, he can definitely win. If there's a one rep max clean and jerk, um, he'll be, there'll be a guy's giving him a, a run for his money, but he's right up there with the best. Um, are, are you ready to set a PR at the games? Or, Hell yeah. That? I literally can't wait. It's like, so it's a really weird feeling, like lifting, especially like spotlight lifting, kind of like the Mac did, like where all eyes are on you. And like, for example, the games and the clean and stuff. So this is not dramatic at all. Like there's like this like tingly sensation, like when you're about to lift and uh, like the weight is like weightless. Like there's, there's no feeling on it. And so I felt like I could have snatched like 330 at that, or maybe, I don't know exactly, but I could have snatched way more 320 at least at the event mainly just because the weight felt so light. So I can only imagine me at the games in that moment in like the adrenaline and just like just how pumped up you'll be just to lift that weight. So I'm hoping for a PR, big PR there. You hear it, right, Brian? He's got championship mindset. Yeah. <clears throat> you hear it. Um Okay, go on. Sorry. That was a great description description, Zach. Thanks. That's cool. The uh no no the thing I wanted to ask him it's you always think I'm grinding the axe against CrossFit. I'm curious of the athlete's opinions, and I'm curious if he cares. Like, if if do you care that other people were able to qualify through different means, or would you prefer to know that I made it through the same testing process as as all these guys? Um, as in like the last chance qualifier, or just like different workouts in the different semifinals? The different workouts in the different semifinals. Um, I think. I think I like the different aspect of it. Um, looking at the events, um, going into Granite Games. So that was something that I didn't necessarily want to go to. Um, because when I went to Granite Games on the team, like I knew that they had a field and I knew that they would probably focus around running. I knew they'd be outside. And like, those are just things of like longer endurance events that I wouldn't necessarily like choose to go to. Which ended up so not being the case on, actually. It, right. Aren't they notorious for heavy events, short and heavy? Yeah, but he's thinking about the uh, the, the new facility that they have, and so he wasn't sure. Yeah, right. and it was a okay. fair assumption, yeah, but in this case, know. it ended up being not the opposite. They had the f- shortest events of any semifinal. I think the max workout was what, like twelve to fifteen minutes. Yeah, that dumbbell thruster workout that took like yeah, exactly. Yeah, they said that they would yeah. count the back to back workouts that had like a little a one minute reset. They're on the fields for like twenty. Yeah, two minutes at a time as a long, long-ish event, and it was actually a long time in that heat there. But so that's so seven. That's exactly right. So he's uh, he's he thought about that, and it was a, a strategy to his approach. Try to get placed at the one he wanted. So he's not just all muscle. He's got some brain too. Try to, <laughs> but I think it's cool. I mean, some of the athletes say they want the same tests for everyone, and others are like, no, nah, you know, it's kind of cool that there's some different ones and. Whatever, when we get, if, you know, get through the however you need to. And when you get there, then we'll, we'll see who, who should, maybe shouldn't have been here or who's the best amongst us. What I'm most thankful What's for. What's your max? Oh, sorry. What? No, no, you go ahead. 
I was going to say what I'm most thankful for is that you have to like earn your spot at these competitions um, because the, the sanctionals and stuff, being someone who doesn't have sponsors that are just like throwing money around, um, like I couldn't afford to go to multiple events. I mean, some of these athletes were going to weekend after weekend of CrossFit competitions just to have a chance at qualifying. And someone who's paying out of pocket for these events, like I can't afford to go to these events. I can't book hotels and flights and stuff like that. So I went to my sanctionals that I went to two sanctionals and that was it. And I mean, I had to do fundraising and all that stuff. Like I paid for that. So I think this opportunity of like, Hey, you have your chance, you earn your spot and you go. Like, I think that's the best way to do it. I think it's the fairest way. Until you're making loot. What do you think about that? That's a, that's a very interesting argument. Part of me loved, like, I love it coming out of Zach's mouth cause I haven't heard it before, but part of me is, is like, you, you know, like fuck equity. Uh, I mean, like getting your getting your car and sleep in the back and go to it. <laughs> but but I do I do like what he's saying a lot. Like just because I think it gets under your skin. Bro. No, it doesn't get under my skin either way. I just like I've said before. I think it's good to have the conversation because we're all you know we're ultimately looking for the the best process. I don't know that we found the best process yet. Um, but it, you know, do we do we ever want to be complacent and say we have, or we're always explore different options? Good dude. Just another data point for you. What's your max weighted pull up? Ooh, um, I haven't maxed that out in a long time, but it's shoot. I don't know. I'd have to go back into like the coaching app that I have and go go find it. I don't remember. Have you ever done a hundred pounds? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want. One hundred and ten. One hundred and ten pounds. I want to say. I want to say it was probably like 120. I don't, that's the number that's coming in my head. I don't know. Did you use a dumbbell or did you use like the weight strap with the chain and put the plates through it? Uh, the weight strap, the weight chain with like a ton of kettlebells on it. Oh, wow. <laughs> you just never know. So you just keep adding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. I've, n- I've never done it that way. When I, I was like way into that at one point and I did, a, I'm pretty sure I did a hundred pound dumbbell for two. And then I think I tried to go up from there for one and i couldn't do it but i was hoping like i could just tell you right now to your face i was looking at you that i did something stronger than you but zach do you have any uh (laughs) any swim and i think and i think it's harder with that shit swinging from you any swimming in your background um i've always had a pool growing up um so i learned how to swim like just through constantly swimming all the time um so i think i'm I'm a fast swimmer um i don't know necessarily how long he's going to make us swim um I recently raced a collegiate swimmer. Uh, it, it was a, a woman who was bragging, um, thinking that she was going to beat me, and uh, I may or may not have beat her. So that was pretty cool. <laughs> Do, uh, have, you, have you ever done like a, a mass start in a lake like that? Um, so I swam in two competitions before. One was a mass start, and one was actually in a pool in Brazil. So um, in Wadapalooza on the three-person team, it was like a sandbag, um, air squat, synchro workout uh, like the, for the three-person teams. And they did guys and girls together, and there's 30 teams on the floor. Yeah. And we were the 29th team in the water. Um, so everybody was already in the water before us except for one team. And uh, so my other teammate, Zach Souter, literally just like was like, all right, we're going to jump, and just jumped on everybody and dove in. 
And uh, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I approve. I approve oh so much of that. I was more so on the side of like, I really just don't want to drown. Um, so I like jumped out and swam extra around everybody and like past everybody. It was a way smarter move. Yeah, I mean, because you said your mom did triathlons, so she's probably had some familiarity yeah. with that. So I didn't know if if maybe you you know. Because it's different to swim and then to swim with 30, 40, 50 other bodies all around you. For sure. For sure. Uh, My dad did some swimming too. He did some like duathlons. Um, So he was a big, he was big into swimming. So I would go with him every once in a while. Um, What kind of athlons? A duathlon. So uh, it's like two instead of a triathlon. It's a duathlon. He can't run. He's got two replaced knees. So he can't run. Oh, so swimming and biking. Yeah. Do they have swimming and running, and they also call it a duathlon? I don't know. Maybe. Do your dogs know you're the boss of the house? Careful. This is a loaded question. Uh, I would say no. Up. I think they think my wife is the boss. It's kind of funny, too. I, I shouldn't. That, maybe that was a bad guess because, like, I, I pride myself of being, like, the fucking king of my house. But you're right. My my dogs actually think my wife's the boss, too. That's weird. Maybe I'm Maybe I'm lying to myself. But... This ties in with what Brian was saying about a mass starts. Like you seem like such a nice guy. Like, do you have the? Do you have the? Um, I mean, I know, I know you're not fighting in a cage, but there, there is a, a little bit of the killer instinct you will need to have in that, in that mass start. I'm guessing. Like, do you have that? Like, are you willing to like pick your line and run it and like just let dudes bounce off you? You're a big dude. Yeah, for sure. I, I think I'm definitely. Like people probably are better long distance swimmers, but I'm more powerful um, in terms of like if I really just need to like screw it and get around someone, like I can definitely overtake them in swimming. So um, I'm confident. I'm just in saying that like start. this start. I'm saying this starting line that only holds 15 guys and there's 40 guys vying for a spot. Are you going to stand where you want to stand? Yeah, for sure. And I'm just, I'm going to get out in front of everybody, so I don't have to deal with that. Have you ever uh, Have you ever flipped awesome. the pig? I have not. Never flipped a pig, but we have some pretty dang big tires at the gym uh, here in Cincinnati. Because conjugates... Do you got any tips? Conjugates, we, a, <laughs> they've, they've put out some teams before. They've done, had some competitors, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I wasn't sure if they'd I have forget that, the year. That, a lot that. of the... They have the... Um, they went a couple years with the six-person team, I think, back when Sam Dancer um, was there. He went. He was at Conjugate for a while. Um, Alex Bookout, the head coach of uh, CrossFit Conjugate, um, I believe he went to te- the regionals on the team. Um, so they have some competitive um, history there. When's the last class you've taken at an affiliate where you just jumped in with a class? Uh, this past week. Yeah, you're awesome, dude. <laughs> um, I want to ask you, we're at 94 minutes, but there's a question I want to ask you before we let you go about your diet. Will you ever go back to eating um, like Oreos and mac and cheese? And what do you think about that version of yourself that used to eat that? Like, does it blow your mind that you did that? Uh, yeah. I mean, every or like no. no, for sure. Um, being like health conscious and trying to be as fit as possible, um, you don't eat it too much. But I mean, I as a cheat right after the semifinal, I had some double stuffed Oreos and they were amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, as a cheat. And, and tell me, tell me about like a typical day for you for eating. Um, for eating, 
um, preparing for the games and stuff in uh, semifinals, I was getting up, at, or I am getting up at 5 a.m. Um, I eat something real quick, like a protein shake and like a granola bar. Uh, I head to the gym, um, train for. That's the that's the stuff. That when you say sorry, your protein shake shake, you're talking about the Nova. Yeah, yeah, Nova Labs. Okay. Quick protein shake. Okay. It's like 30 grams of protein in a scoop. So chug that real quick. Eat a, a granola bar. Um, just to get some carbs, um, and then go train for a little bit. And then I come home, have a big breakfast. Um, then I'll go to work, which is what's in your breakfast? What's in your breakfast? Um, mainly it's like eggs, sausage, and like fruit and toast or stuff like that. Um, then I go to work, so I work from like eight thirty till like twelve thirty. Then I'll have lunch, which is normally like turkey, rice, and vegetables. Um, and then I'll work till four thirty. And then I'll have a quick snack. Um, just kind of depends on the day, whether it's like a protein bar or just something quick. Go to the gym, train for. Does Nova make a Does Nova make a protein bar? No, they do not. That'd be cool though. Okay, it's a good idea. Yeah. Um, and then after the gym, I come home and uh, normally my my wife makes dinner and try to just eat as much carbs as I can get to fuel the next day. So. What's that look like? Eat as much carbs as you can. What's that look like? Um, basically a lot of rice, um, whether it's rice, sweet potatoes, um, basically anything I can try to get probably like a hundred to 150 grams of carbs at night before I go to, basically before I go to bed, not immediately before bed, wow. but just to refuel the next day. W- would you eat pasta? Oh yeah. Like whole wheat pasta. Yeah. Um, and this toast that you said you eat, do you know how many ingredients are in your toast? Not a lot. It's pretty solid toast. It's like, because we have this stuff here in my town. It's called like Watsonville sourdough, and it only has like three ingredients. Oh, I was just wondering if you. No, it's a it, and uh, there's no sugar in it. Um, it's just like whole wheat toast. Okay, and no, uh, what's the name of the the supplement you take? Uh, it's called Nova Three Labs. Okay, you're welcome, Nova Three Labs. You see how when he said he took a supplement, I brought it up again, Mister Nova. Do you know who the CEO is over there? Uh, yeah, I know the owner. Yeah, what's his name? Her name is Jen Lord. June Lord. Jen. Jen. Yeah. Yeah. Lord, uh, Miss Jen Lord, uh, you're welcome. Also, I know one of your and, friends, and, I, and I'm willing to coach any of your athletes or um, Jen Lord on what to say and not to say on a podcast. I know um, one of your friends. Number. Well, you can get it from Zach. Savon. Oh, who? Lance Kelly. Who? Oh. He worked. That's where he works. Yeah. Oh, that's a trip. Yeah, he, I see him. He just moved to Santa Cruz. Yeah, he said, "What's it's up?" A Can, they're a Canadian. They're, what's up, Lance? They're a Canadian organization outfit. Uh, yeah, actually, I think so. And because I think he just moved to Santa Cruz because I keep seeing him down at the beach. Yeah, I haven't seen him in a while, but I used to see him like um in a while. I mean, like a month or two. But I used to see him down there all the time. Damn. I should have invited I keep saying I'm gonna invite him to my house for the, for a fight. I should have invited him last night. We had a, a seven. Huge he party. just he, he just started following me on Instagram yesterday. Small world. Yeah. Lance? He, he knew he, Yeah, he's have you ever He knew I was coming on. That's oh, there we go. Have you ever worked out with him? Uh so actually it's a cool story. Um I randomly ran uh We'll be the judge of that. We'll be the judge of that. Go on. Okay, okay. That's fair. Um I ran into him at the Brazil sanctional and uh randomly just started talking to him i have no idea why or like how it started or anything but i started talking to him 
Um, and I ran into him a couple of times, a couple of different competitions. And then at the Mac, I ran into him again, sparked conversation. And, uh, he ended up messaging me afterward and was like, Hey, like I am the chief branding officer of Nova labs. And, uh, like I can also help out with some other like companies if you want. So if you, uh, I work with like Angelo DeChico and, uh, I don't know how to say his name, but Sam Cornier or from, uh, just qualified. Yeah. Samuel Cornier. Yeah. See, he can't say his name either, Zach or Brian. <laughs> Why don't you laugh at him like you laugh at me every time? Come on, man. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> he works with them, like helping with other companies and stuff and partnering and stuff. So he's been helping me out. Um, he's been great. Um, and uh, hopefully we can get to a point where I don't have to work a full-time job anymore if this, uh, this whole CrossFit Games thing goes, goes well. Yeah, that is a cool story. You're right. Have you worked out with him? Have you ever worked out with him? Uh, no, I've never actually worked out with him, no. I can't I can't remember the exact story, but it was the spirit of the story will be right. He was one t- I, I walked into CrossFit HQ into the gym. I went downstairs to work out and he was down there and I can't remember what the workout was. It was like I know there were deadlifts in it and something else, two movements, like a deadlifts and then some sort of body weight movement. And and I think we worked out together. But whatever the workout was, it was something like a three hundred and fifty pound deadlift and then I scaled it down to like one fifty. And he still fucking destroyed me. <laughs> I was like, and it wasn't like I was out of shape or anything, but uh, he he's uh, he might not seem strong to you as a games athlete, but to me he was no. just a savage. Yeah, a definitely savage. Uh, anything else you want to say, uh, Brian? Um, I don't think so. I'm, no, I'm pretty. Uh, I just have a really general optimism for this year's games i think there's a really good balance of new new guys guys coming back who've been doing other things for a year or two and some uh obviously well-entrenched guys who are making a run at the title and it's gonna be cool to see how it all works together because the men's field this year is different than you know any recent memory year i think we have to go all the way back to 2009 to find a year that's in my mind is like you know similar to this um so cool to see someone like this a part of it i always like guys that can that can mix it up on some of the unusual events. I think you can do that and consistent finishes on all the kind of classic ones. See what happens. Zach, um, are, are you getting, do you still feel like you're getting better? Like have you, you're only 25. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely feel like I'm getting better. Um, definitely was impressed by this, by this season impressed myself. Um, I didn't really train a whole lot, um, before the open, uh, I just really didn't know what was going on with a full-time job. Uh, we had just gotten married in October. Um, so just kind of there's a lot of things going on um, just with general in life and not really focusing on training so much. Um, so in another interview, they asked, like, when I realized, like, hey, this could be the year. Um, like, I didn't even realize that this was even possible until, like, I was at the MAC, like, after day one, sitting in second place. And I was like, man, at this point, I just can't screw it up. And got to hold on um so i'm impressed that uh with the little little amount of training that i was doing that i've been able to come this far and i think um especially with the more time i have potentially after the games if it goes well and being able to train full time um and make a living being a professional crossfitter like putting all that all that other stuff aside that like pretty much drains all my time like i could obviously focus on running and focus on getting better in the areas that I need to. Um, so I'm excited for that. 
does it matter where you place in the games for, for how hard you're going to train for next year? Like whether you take 10th or 30th, like do you, do you think that next year you'll come back even stronger than you are now? Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, I've, so this kind of lit a fire under you, you feel motive, like this is huge. You made the games and, and that in itself is like going to motivate you for next year. Yeah, for sure. Like I'm really excited. Like obviously I want to do well. Um, I wanted, I, I think a, an easy goal is just like, like an easy goal as in not like a perfect number of like, I want to get like top, whatever. Um, it's just like top half. So like top 20, I think would be, um, just an awesome accomplishment. I think I'm, I'm excited to get back to like training to work on weaknesses. Um, and if that means no full-time job, then I'm going to hammer away until I can potentially win the games one day. Is top 20 doable for him, Brian? To feel the savages. You, th- you think of how many semifinals were Ten. there? <clears throat> Different numbers go from each one of them. 10. Okay. So let's, uh, how many athletes? So, so, if he took fifth, I mean, even if he made the even if he made the top thirty, let's say he took thirtieth, that would still be roughly mathematically speaking, put him at the top of the heap of all the guys who took fifth or last place in their semifinal. Yeah, but uh, there's the games is different, um, and also you know look at the guys that, that beat him at his particular semifinal. All four of those guys are top ten threats, and granted his point total was a little bit withdrawn from theirs, um, but. You still can't discount that, you know. So he, there were, like you said earlier, a huge host of guys who everyone was looking at to make the games that he beat just to get there in that field. I don't, I, I I'm not sure yet, and I, mean, I kind of know historically what what a fourth and fifth place finish in re, in regionals translate to at the games, but this is the first year of semifinals, so I'm not so sure if it's going to be the same kind of correlate or not. And and you've never done an event with 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 um. 14 workouts have you no no but we train pretty high volume already so um especially preparing for this um over the past couple of weeks you don't train high volume what are you talking about you work all day well i mean i try to get as much volume oxygen as I bottles can. around all hey day. they're heavy all right. Mm-hmm. all right all right all right you have any concerns for him brian in terms of 14 events i thought it was 15 <clears throat> 14 15 whatever but th- <laughs> What's I one of them? <laughs> is it? Have they announced that, Zach? Have they announced that? Dave keeps doing like hashtag fifteen for fifteen, and I think I'm just taking that as fifteen events. It's a fifteenth okay. year. I think as long as we kind of we talked about earlier with the running, as long as the events that are most difficult for him don't become so problematic that they affect everything else, then it's fine. I think that's the real really when you get into the trouble at the games is if you go too hard on an event and it sets you back for the next events. What do you think mean? About, you think about Kara Saunders. No, no. Sorry, I want to let you go. That no. doesn't even make. Don't you have to go too no, hard? No, think about Kara Saunders and Murph, the, the 2015. It's an easy example. As she went so hard in that event that it affected the rest of her performances on the weekend. Annie Thorzada did the same. She had to withdraw from the competition. And sometimes it's not so obvious. Sometimes it's more of a subtle thing. It might not be a health thing, but it's a mental thing where you're like, man, I made that one mistake in that workout. And then this happened. I cost all these points, and some people can't get over it. Um, so I think that especially if you know that you got that many tests, you have to like be realistic with yourself about when you can go for it and when you, when you, you can't because of what it could cost you down the road. That actually sparks the thought actually for me. Um, it keeps saying that, um, so the third event at the Mac, 
um, was like that new girl workout. I think it was called Gretel or something. It was 10 rounds of three clean and jerks and three bar facing burpees. Um, I like sold my soul for that workout and I was hurting for like a long time. I, we went to go get food after that because we had a little bit of downtime and I couldn't eat. Like I just like was trying to recover and slowly just like eventually started drinking shakes and stuff because the food wasn't going down. Um, so I'm curious if that played a, played a fact, a factor in that next event. You think? <clears throat> So you took sixth. That's very interesting because you took sixth in that event, which is amazing. And then that's when after that is when you had your your worst event. I think that's about really this. The guy I laid outside for like the guy right below him was Tyler Eggman on the overall leaderboard. Wow. He finished 14th on Gretel. He was only 14 seconds, or 12 seconds slower than Zach. He placed 11th on the next workout. His total points for those two workouts, 14th and 11th, is 109. Zach's sixth with a 26th is 93. So he gave away 16 points there. If he would have maybe. Maybe just gone back a few seconds, you know, some, it's like a row. Like if you do a 1K row and you go for it, like really go for it, or you go 95%, it's only a couple seconds difference, but it's a world of difference of how you feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, shit. I see what you're saying here. So you're saying basically if those were just those two workouts, Tyler would have gone to the game. I'm just saying maybe Tyler didn't go into the the depth of his soul to get the sixth place. And he just went to 95% and took the 14th. And then he, I mean, we're speculating. And then maybe he felt good enough to do an, another average performance where Zach was still climbing back from that and had a ba- really bad performance. It's just, just a thought, yeah. but you know, you feel like you want to go for it all the time and get every point you can. But if you have 14 tests, you have to have that to- total mindset of, you know, this is only test seven. You know, is it worth it for me to push that extra 5% here if it's going to cost me 30% yeah. tonight? That w- do you know how to do that? <laughs> do you know how to reel yourself in, Zach? <laughs> I guess we'll see. <laughs> I mean, that that's serious. I'm being serious. Um, Definitely. Like I, So I think another factor that went into that third workout was I thought I was going to win that workout. And so um, that was a workout that I was very confident in. Barbell cycling uh, is a huge strength of mine. It's a huge confidence. Uh, workout for me um and i was just like gonna push the burpees as fast as i could and we did the first round and everyone on that final heat was flying and so i was just like all right we're doing this and went full sprint like i was going like as fast as i could and uh i think i i ended up slowing down the last like three rounds because i was just like gassed so hard um so i ended up having that like fran cough you know like you just like you start coughing and stuff afterward um, I laid on the ground for like 30 minutes out outside on the cold, like the cool concrete just to like cool down and stuff. Um, so I think that was a factor. I didn't even think of that, but it definitely could be. I mean, that's, that's the element of when I say someone has experience at the games that I think it's really hard to replicate by doing competitions that have five to 10, 10 workouts, even instead of 10 to 15, like it's a, mm-hmm. it's a totally different kind of experience to navigate that and to understand it. And you have that thought now and you go there. And you try to do the best you can with within what you know and about that kind of competition. But coming out of that weekend, you're going to have so much information that you didn't have before, no matter whether you do well or not. And that's like that's when you yeah. see the guys that have five, six, seven, eight years of experience at the games. They're really the only ones that know as much as you can know when's the right time to to push and when's the right time to just like accept this as where as my my placement in this one. Yeah. Right. Um, do you know why you're so comfortable, um, hurting in the pain cave? Do you know why you're, what make, what in you makes you, um, suited 
for the the high levels of discomfort in CrossFit workouts? Um, not exactly. Uh, I just like I'm competitive and I want to like I want to win. I want to beat people. And through just the experience of all of the workouts I've done over the course of the past like seven years, um, you learn where to push and when to push and like what you got to do to beat people. Um, so I was, I'm very fortunate that in my past I've had like pretty good. Uh, or not pretty good, pretty awesome training partners that have pushed me in areas where I needed pushed. Um, so I was able to train with another individual games athlete, Ryan Souter, for like two years straight, um, who he qualified in 2019 um, and went to the games. So we just push each other constantly. So I think that competitive drive, uh, I mean, he's one of my best friends, but I also want to beat him in every workout I possibly can. So having that drive literally right next to me and like the just the square over um, in the gym is huge motivation, and just like le- you just learn to start hurting, and if you want to win, you got to hurt. So, so there's nothing in you like you're you're not trying you're not holding on to the bully who pulled your hair and spit on you in the third grade and you're proving <laughs> something to no, him. No, not at all. I just want to win. Interesting, because man, it's a lot of it's a lot of discomfort. Yeah. Does your does your wife do CrossFit? Uh, yeah, she does CrossFit, but not competitively. Do you, she just does it for fun. Do you train together? Uh, she goes to the gym with me. Yeah, but we don't do the same workout. Like, if you ever go to a hotel room, do you guys ever do like a hundred burpees together or anything like that? Uh, There's never time when you guys work out together. Yeah, yeah. Every once in a while, like if we go on vacation or something, like we'll work out together or go for a run together. Um, like she's been. Help, helping me get motivated to go up, uh, get up early in the morning and go to the gym. She's been going with me to the gym. At, um, and we wake up at 5 a.m. every day to go and she goes with me. And uh, just knowing that uh, she's going to get up with me and help like push me out the door, that's a huge um, factor uh, into into me training every morning. And also like there's another guy at the gym um, who meets me there every single every single morning trains with me and uh just knowing that i like can't let like my wife down and can't let him down i'm not gonna like just not show up Uh, that's a huge motivation to get up in the morning so it makes it easy what's his deal what's his name why is he doing that uh his name's dalton he's just a good guy um i think michael dalton no his name's dalton boucher like the water boy bobby boucher okay oh another movie reference there you go (laughs) but yeah he's been uh what go ahead what and why does he do that? He's just a good friend. I think it, it's it's really cool. Um, I didn't like necessarily expect anyone to go through all of this games training with me and stuff, but I've had a lot of a lot of cool guys from the gym help me out. Um, another one, uh, his name's Caleb Farrell. Um, he's a younger guy. He's like 20 years old. Who's um, doing a lot of workouts with me. Um, our coach, our, our gym, our, our gym coach. His name is Alex Bookout. He's been doing a lot of workouts with me. Um, just a lot of push and I think they're extremely supportive and they want to see me do well. And it's just, it's way easier to have someone like suffering with you, like next to you than just doing it in the corner by yourself. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. That's really cool. Your wife does that. Did you, did you guys, um, is the gym open or do you have a key when you get there? You let yourself in? Uh, no, gym's open. I don't have a key. And did you have a discussion with your wife about that? It's like, Hey, will you go with me at 5 a.m.? Did you have to ask her or how does that work? Uh, so it was actually the um, Sunday morning at the Mac. We were about to go in for the final two workouts. And uh, so she had done CrossFit for a long time and then kind of got away from it during COVID and stuff and like hasn't really like jumped back into it. 
Um, so we're getting ready to leave and she comes back and she's like, all right, I'll make you a deal. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, well, if you finish this day strong and qualify, like I'll join CrossFit Conjugate and we can go to the 6 a.m. class every single day together. And, uh, Holy I was shit. like 6 a.m. She said 6 a.m. Well, the class is at 6 a.m. We get up at 5 a.m. Okay. So, um, we get up. Uh, so she said that. And uh, I was like, oh, okay, because I've been trying to, like, get her to get back into the, into CrossFit and stuff because um, I knew that she would like it to get back into it. Um, so she, she said that was really exciting, and uh, I knew that it would help me get up in the morning as well. That was on your way to the max, she said that? Yeah, yeah. And then, and then when you won, how, when, you, when you qualified for the games, how long after before you talked about that again? Was it like Pretty, five minutes after you're like, she walks off the podium <laughs> and she's like, damn. Uh, yeah, I don't know. If, I don't even know if she really uh, knew what she was getting into, but we talked about it pretty pretty immediately after qualifying, just how we're going to prepare to get ready for the games. Dude, that's a good wife. Yeah, man. she's awesome. That's it. That's it. That That is really, really cool. Yeah. Winners surrounding themselves with winners. Yeah. That's a, I love that. Zach, thanks for coming on with us. I really appreciate you guys having me. Um, dude, our pleasure. You, it, it's, it's, um, we have no show without you, so we appreciate it. It's nice to finally meet you, Savon and Brian. Yeah, man, definitely see you up in Madison.